This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Time now for our fortnightly catch-up with Dunedin Mayor Aaron Hawkins who joins us on the line now. Morena. Kia ora, good morning. Aaron, since uh, the last time we spoke, um, we've had the terrible events uh, just across the road from us here at uh, Dunedin Community House. Of course, uh, the events at uh, at Countdown that uh, that that shook us all, uh, and no doubt all the the many people that were there at the time, the the staff and those in emergency services who had to deal with it. Um, Aaron, it's probably fair to say that over the course of uh, your term, there's 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 been uh, you know a number of significant events where the community has had a bit of uh, a shock. What is uh, your response to something like that as a, as a leader of our city? Firstly, it was it was reassuring to know that um, we had no reason to believe that the events at Countdown were part of a a bigger picture. Um, that it was that it was an isolated uh, an isolated event, which is um, I mean that's not uh, particularly reassuring to to the people who were directly affected by it, the the, the workers uh, who were there and uh, the customers that were there, and of course the the victims of the uh, of that horrific attack. But it is um, it is reassuring in the sense that it is a the city centre location, obviously a, a key transit point through the through the bus hub for our public transport system and, and the, at the centre of uh, a fair amount of um, you know, commuter and, and shopper traffic on a day-to-day basis. So it was good to be able to uh, you know, let people um, know that they should feel still feel comfortable and, and safe coming in and out of the city centre because uh, that would have been uh, that would have been bad on on any number of uh, on any number of levels. I mean, the most chilling thing about it is just the sheer mundane nature of grocery shopping. It, it's not something that we do usually um, uh, without giving much of a second thought to, and and and, and that is one of the more upsetting things about it. I mean, it could have been any of us or, or any of our family or, or friends that were there on that afternoon and, and it is a, as I say, a very everyday thing. Nobody should feel like uh, they, you know, nobody should should go to work uh, and, and and fear for their safety and, and nor should people going about everyday errands uh, feel the same way but it's, it's comforting to know that it, it seems the, the victims are in uh, in, a, in a stable conditions and recovering well, it could have been a lot worse. And of course, um, our thoughts do go out to, to all of those wonderful people that work across the road from us here. And you know, we staff here in Dunedin Community House, all the various agencies often pop across there to get our morning teas and so forth. And you know, lovely, lovely bunch of staff, and they'll be really, really feeling it. Um, as you know, as, as we hear our number of supermarket staff, um, you know, each incident like this is very different, of course. But in general, um, we seem to have. Um, some of us seem to be losing our, our kindness uh, during during this time, and I suppose um, that leads to a kind of a more general uh, reflection on the stresses and strains that remain out there in the community, manifesting in all sorts of ways. Are, are you at all um, noticing or concerned about um, you know levels of, say, you know, violence in general in the inner city? 
I think it's important to recognise that when incidents like this happen, they affect far more than the people who work at that particular site. And these are these are things that are keenly felt by uh, supermarket staff uh, all over the city and, and probably all over the country. Once you know, once the the spectre of an event like that is raised, uh, and I think um, you know, we've spent a, a, a lot of time over the last year or so talking about you know essential workers and 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 kindness as you say and and i think and this isn't a new trend in particular but i think you know, events like this should give us pause and and make us reflect on uh, our our attitudes towards uh staff particularly um service workers and, and those sorts of situations and and while bad behaviour directed at staff is thankfully um, really as extreme as that and we have to think about uh, what our attitudes do uh, will do to empower and enable people at the more extreme end of that and you know, I'm sure we've all seen it and all have stood awkwardly or idly by as people have given staff a hard time for, for no apparent reason and, and I think it's, uh, it's up to all of us to um to try and uh, you know to pull together and 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 correct some of that behaviour because it's not fair. You know these are these are staff who have been at greatest risk over the past twelve months and, and trying to keep our communities going and our economies going in the face of a global pandemic and they are not well remunerated for the privilege of doing that work and uh, and the least that we can do is, as, as you say, offer, offer, them, offer them our greatest respect and kindness. We all turn to various news sources at a time like that to, to get the latest information. News through, and disappointing news, and certainly the way that uh, you have responded to News Hub announcing it will close its Dunedin newsroom. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's always disappointing when we see a reduction in the capacity of local newsrooms and, and it's really uh, brought to light when you're dealing with uh, events like we saw in the city centre here in Dunedin. Um, you know, TVNZ, who, who've had, whose local journalist has, uh, has left and they have recruited someone. They just, it was an awkward period of transition, but their live cross for TVNZ was from Christchurch Airport. Um, and you know, and, and News Hub uh, have confirmed their proposal to uh, to uh, sack their their team here, Dave Gooseling and, and Grant Finlay, their, their reporter and cameraman. Uh, and uh, and while they say they will remain committed to uh, regional broadcasting, I mean, I think we deserve better at this end of the country than uh, waiting for someone to catch the next flight south to be able to cover events that are in the national interests and, and there's you know the we've seen um, the rise of disinformation in recent times through uh, largely through uh, online fora and and whenever we reduce the the uh, reduce coverage or reduce the capacity of um, media in general uh, it, it opens up a, a greater opportunity for disinformation to uh, to thrive, and, and that's in, in nobody's uh, best interest. So, 
um, you know, it's, it was a disappointing decision from from News Hub. Uh, we started a, a petition to ask them to reconsider and got around twenty three hundred signatures in less than a week, which I think is um, you know a strong indication that um, that, that my thoughts are uh, are widely shared in our community that we are being we are being done a great disservice by uh, the reduction in in coverage in the south, and this is far bigger than. Dunedin. I mean, that, that office, that, that uh, news desk covered the, the, the wider south. And if you think about all the, the local events that have happened in this part of the world, whether it's the closure of TY or um, the, the toxic dross of, uh, of TY or, you know, events like we've seen uh, a countdown here recently, there's, you know, there's, a, there's, there's a lot going on and, it, and it's worth investing and in, in having staff ready and people on the ground who know the communities to be able to report on events here which flying people in from further north will never be able to do so it seems a short-sighted and disappointing decision as far as i can tell well let's reflect on a couple of good news stories locally um huge excitement i guess for ryan baker and the team at uh, timely the timely appointment software which uh has just changed hands for uh, over a hundred million dollars. Uh, uh, that's a, an amazing Dunedin success story for that particular company, but um, but potentially also for the city. Yeah, this is huge, eh? And and all credit to Ryan Baker and and his team. They've built a a remarkable, you know, remote working model over the past ten years, and and that has been, um, you know, validated, if you like, by the by the acquisition announced this week and and that will pump a whole bunch of money into that company and I know that people often get uneasy about uh, local businesses being acquired by international interests but you know there isn't a there is there isn't always a, a great deal of of capital uh, available domestically to companies to allow them to grow and expand but it is um, you know, it, it is a, a testament to some of some fantastic work that's going on uh, in the tech sector uh, here in Eden, and, uh, and it is a, um, uh, a shining example of what can be built uh, in this city. Uh, you don't have to go to um, Silicon Valley to be able to build a, a successful international a tech company, and, and the. The ecosystem and the startup ecosystem that we are committed to supporting in the city is is part of that. It's providing opportunities and platforms for uh, new ideas to be uh, supported and to grow. Uh, and 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 you know, in an environment like this, particularly in a community that is as collaborative as Dunedin is, and that's not necessarily a given in the cutthroat world of uh, of uh, of business. Uh, or, or, or of the tech sector, um, you know, it's, a, it's a big part of where um, we want our local economy to go. That kind of high value, uh, low weight uh, export that uh, that the the tech sector can deliver. But yeah, huge news for Timely for sure. And on the similar lines, of course, um, really interesting evidence of a growing partnership uh, between. New Zealand's Centre of Digital Excellence, uh, Excellence or Code, uh, this Dunedin-based hub which is designed to progress the expansion of the country's uh, growing video game development industry. Uh, we saw this week the unveiling of uh, an amazing 
um, bit of technology with local Paralympian Holly Robinson featuring with uh, the Pegasus Dream Tour. Yeah, how good is that? Eh? We, we, um, the the Code Project signed an MOU with a JP Games, which is a Japanese video game company. Um, back in the before times, last last summer, uh, and and part of that was was trying to foster opportunities for uh, for for collaboration between uh, between them and and, uh, and Code, which is our project, uh, trying to set up a, a billion dollar video game industry centered around Dunedin, uh, and we've seen you know the fruits of that on the page of the paper the other day and that while there, there remains a degree of uncertainty as to whether or not the Tokyo Olympics or Paralympics will happen in person uh, this year they certainly will be happening uh, virtually through through the Pegasus Dream Tour and great to have to have Holly as a character one of only a, a handful of uh, real life athletes uh, featured in that game and and and, uh, and again a, a great opportunity to uh, feature and promote the city of Dunedin uh, to players of that game but you're really good to see uh, tangible um, uh, you know tangible outcomes from uh, from those uh, from those relationships and uh, if you're at all interested in gaming uh, that uh, uh, the Pegasus Dream Tour is going to launch on the 24th of June on iOS and Android so you might want to take a look at that um, basically it's an avatar role playing game that places players in a virtual Paralympic Games brilliant idea um, just finally Aaron um, gosh the community's been asked to make submissions on a whole bunch of things lately it never really stops but there's um, there's s- some important work continuing and this time around the Otago Regional Council they've, um, we've just got a few days left to have our say on public transport in Otago and I just wondered Aaron whether you'd be making a submission as an individual and, and, and what you'd like to see in terms of um, uh, transport development over the next 10 years. I won't be submitting as an individual. The, the city council will be submitting on the plan, and, and that will come to our meeting next week. Um, it was it was disappointing to me uh, the 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 lack of. I mean, it doesn't. The, the draft plan doesn't suggest a great deal of change to the current system, uh, and, and whether you know the, the current routes and, and timetables and services and so on, which I think is. Um, is a is a missed opportunity, and we'll point that out hopefully in, in our submission uh, next week. Uh, it talks about uh, trialling new services, and you know we've got a range of options that they could suggest, whether it's express services from uh, from Mosgiel at peak times, or from Port Chalmers at peak times, or weekend services to uh, to the north. North Coast townships who currently aren't served uh, in the weekends by public transport, um, but more concerning is that in the the regional council's draft ten year plan, um, uh, there is no money allocated to fund these trials, which makes it difficult to see how that will work. And and I'll, I'll, um, we're presenting our submission on the ten year plan this afternoon, and 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 we we'll, we'll, we have raised that in writing, and we'll do so in person. Um, and because there's, while it's hard to argue that the um, the current plan hasn't been a, a significant step forward in terms of uh, what our bus service delivers us, and the the flat fares and the B card again have been uh, a, a positive 
step. Um, transport remains one of the biggest opportunities, if not the biggest opportunity that local government has to uh, reduce our carbon footprint and contribute to the goal of being net zero carbon. And, and for us to be able to do that, we need to be more ambitious about uh, what we are offering our community in terms of public transport. So you know, we will continue to um, work alongside our regional colleagues and, and push them to be uh, more aspirational, uh, whether it's through their, their uh, budget uh, process or through their public transport planning planning one. But I, I would certainly would urge uh, anybody with an interest in these things um, to, to make a submission on, uh, on what they think works, what they think doesn't work, what would make them like, whether you're a bus user or not, you know, the kinds of things that might make you uh, use public transport. Um, those are all useful things to, to feed into the draft regional public transport plan process. And uh, submissions close on that on Monday, uh, this coming Monday at noon, the 24th of May. Uh, you can go online to yoursay.org.govt.nz and follow the links there. Uh, you can also make submissions via email or post to the Otago Regional Council. Uh, Dunedin Mayor Aaron Hawkins, thanks so much for joining us again on the Awesome Morning Show. Look forward to catching up with you again in a fortnight. Thanks, Jeff. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.